turn with me in, uh, to Revelation chapter 3. We're going to continue the series on the seven churches tonight with the church of Philadelphia. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7 is where we'll start. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep them from the hour of temptation. I'm sorry, keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just come to you once again tonight, Lord, and I just want to thank you for this word. I want to thank you for the opportunity to stand here and speak tonight, Lord. Right now, Father, I ask that you just bestow upon me the anointing you'd have me to have tonight. Help me to speak boldly and say the things I ought to say. And Lord, I ask that you just help me get myself out of the way and focus strictly upon you right now. And I ask the same thing for everyone here tonight, Lord, that they would hear this word, that it would be fruitful in their heart, that it would multiply and go forth many times over. And Lord, I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Now, this church of Philadelphia... As you'll see from what we just read, Jesus said that this church was small in strength. Now you can interpret that many different ways. You know, it could be the number of people they had. It could be uh, the size of their influence in their community or maybe the amount of money they had. Or There's many different ways you can think of a church being small in strength. It could be even the abilities that the people there possessed. But however you interpret it, you have to see that though they were small in strength, they were still faithful with what they had. And because they were steadfast and faithful in their service to God, Jesus said He was going to open a door. Now I want you all to tonight put... This church in the place of this church, Philadelphia. And let's, let's just focus on how God would have us deal with the community in terms of what He's telling Philadelphia here. 
You know, this church from the outside, it, it looks like it's a small church. You know, like maybe there, there couldn't be a whole lot come out of it. It's a small set off in the woods. It's just kind of an a unassuming kind of building. You don't really think much about it when you see it. You know, it's, there's not a lot of flash, a lot of glitch and glamour going on. You, you don't see any kind of uh, fancy uh, suits and, and everything when people come in, you know. But God has opened a door. Amen. We, we've been working hard. We've, we've uh, you know, if you look back over the past year, you don't see much accomplishment. And that's kind of disheartening at times, isn't it? But we've been faithful. You know, just look at the numbers here tonight. Look, Use this as an example of, you look back a few months ago, and there's five people or, or whatever. But tonight, we've, we've got a decent crowd. Now, I'm going to get this out. Y'all just hang on. You see, God looks at this church, Philadelphia, and He, he says, yeah, you, you don't have much going on, but that little bit you have, you're being faithful with it. He, said, I, he never mentions anything else He found wrong with this church. You see, He says your only problem is that you're small in strength. But you see, that's not a real problem. Because when Jesus opens a door... He's creating this, this opportunity for someone even of small strength that's faithful with that little bit to move into an area they didn't have access to before. That's what a door does. It gives you access to a place that you can't get to otherwise. If you had a room with nothing but four walls, you can't go anywhere. You've got to have a door to get somewhere. So I believe that Jesus has opened a door for us. You know, sometimes it takes trying people. Sometimes it takes proving. You know, God knows everything. But I think sometimes He wants you to see whether you're going to be faithful. He knows whether you're going to be faithful or not. But it takes time to build. It takes time to grow. And it takes time for people to come around and realize this is what He wants done. Amen. Now, you know, I'm not, I don't want to <clears throat> build up anybody tonight and exalt you over the point where you think more highly of yourself than you ought to. But we've got at least, let's see, one, I ain't even going to try to count y'all because there's, I don't want to leave anybody out, that's for sure. But just in the past two or three weeks, there's been, I would almost say, an outpouring of new people come in. And look, what have we been praying all this time? I, I know I have been praying that God would send the right people at the right time. I, I don't want just anybody to come in. You know, you can, you can come up with all sorts of things to build numbers in a church, and that's not what I'm after. I'm after God to send the right people at the right time, and that's what He's done. But you notice how it happens at one time. 
God begins to work and move in a church oftentimes like that all at one time. See, that door has been opened. We now have a new opportunity that we didn't have two or three months ago. Now, why is that? Why does God choose to work like that? Well, I don't know. His ways are higher than my ways. If it had been my way, I'd have done it when I first came here. We had all been here at one time and just went to work. But God didn't have that plan. You see, that little bit of strength. And you know, if you if you were to compare this church to I don't know, y'all ever watch Jensen Franklin on TV? He has a just awesome ministry. And there are thousands of people that go to that church. I don't even know how many. And that's not even one of the bigger churches. There's, there's churches that have 30,000 in attendance. I'm not talking about members. I mean in attendance. That's how many show up. And you look at this church, and man, we're just ecstatic to get 70. Man, that's awesome. So this, we have a little strength. But I want y'all to realize that, that these few things that come together that God ordains and He opens a door and gives you the opportunity to step through that door and to take part in what His plan is has a way greater impact than a church that has everything and doesn't use it. You, you see churches today, and I ain't just talking about here. I'm not trying to pick on any specific church. But you see churches that, that have all the money you can imagine. They have all the talent you can imagine. They have everything going for them. And they just, they're happy right where they're at. They're not looking for doors. They're not looking for opportunity. They're, they're content. Look, I, right now, I don't have any choice but to look for opportunity. Because there's only so much we got here. It's small. It's a little bit. So I'm dependent on God. I'm, I'm seeking God. I know you're doing the same. I know you're looking for that, that open door to walk through, to, to move into the next room, the next opportunity, the next whatever it may be that God has for you and for this church. You're looking for growth. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about a bunch of people. I'm talking about growth of the kingdom. We have a, a great opportunity to minister to this community. You know, there's several churches around Canard. I'm not going to place any blame on anybody. Look, hey, I've been there. I've been in a situation before where I just was happy just doing what I was doing. But you know, God may not have given them this opportunity right now, or it may be He gave them this opportunity and they sit by until the door closed. Because you see, Jesus also not only said He can open a door that no man can shut, He said He can also shut a door that no man can open. So we have the opportunity 
to walk through this door and use whatever resources it is that God's given us. We've, we've got new Sunday school teachers. We've got musicians. We've got singers. We've got... And that all sounds kind of on the, like it ought to be on the sidelines. And I don't like to put too much emphasis on, on music. I don't want people coming for a concert every Sunday. But those things are tools. They can be used. God, God uses that not only to prepare you to hear the Word, but He uses it to draw people in. You know, that may be the only thing that somebody comes to hear and then they, they hear something else while they're here. You see, because God, when the anointing is flowing, and I know if you talk to these musicians, you'll find out that they don't want to do it unless there's anointing. They don't want to be a part of it when, when God is not in it. Because it's just playing music then. You see, they don't, they don't come up here and play the keyboard and the drums and guitar just because they like to play. I'm not saying that you won't find some that do that. But I know these that are here. I've talked to them. I know the intent of their heart and their intent is to help in reaching people. Their intent is to serve God and do what it is He's placed in their heart. But you know, like I said, God is He's opening this door. And I don't know exactly what's on the other side, but not knowing what's in another room is is not going to prevent me from going in there. Especially when I know there's something good in there. You know, let me, let me get this down where everybody can understand what I'm talking about, even kids. <clears throat> if your mama or your wife or whoever cooks says, dinner's ready, it's time to eat. And I made some dessert. And it's the kind of dessert everybody likes. You don't care what else she made, do you? You don't stop and think, well, I don't know what else she cooked. I think I'll just stay right here. Because it, it might not be something I want. No, because you know there's at least one thing in there you want. There's something that, that uh, is good no matter if everything else is not. See, that's how this... This church's opportunity is right now. We don't know everything God has for us. We don't know what process we're going to have to go through to get there. We don't know the good and the bad that may come with it. But we do know one good thing. We know that He put us here for a reason. We know that He has ordained uh, the steps that we're taking, that He's enabling us to move. We know, we know He has a purpose. We know what He called us to do. I ain't just talking about this church. As Christians, we have a commission to fulfill. We have souls to reach. So you see this little church, Philadelphia. It's something that we need to be looking to. We need to remember, it don't matter what things look like. It, look, it's easy to sit here and say, well, yeah, this, this music sounds good. We just really don't have all that great of 
of the sound system, though, you know. And, man, we had some nice lighting, and we just don't have all that. We don't have the money for it. So how can we really reach somebody? How can we be effective when, when we don't have all these big, nice things? It doesn't matter. Because, you see, this church, Philadelphia, didn't have much. They had a little bit, but they're faithful with it. And when God gives you those opportunities, look, if, if God told me tomorrow you need to buy some lights to put up here and do all, uh, we'd do it. But that's, that's not the point. The point is what we have is sufficient for what God wants us to do. When, when He increases what we need to do, we'll increase what we need to do it with. He'll provide the means to do it. If we need a bigger building because there ain't enough, God will provide the means to do that. I don't believe we're going to have to worry about those kind of things. So, don't get down in the dumps thinking, well, this little bitty church can't do much. We can't reach very far because we just don't have enough people. We don't have enough resources. We... Well, there's only so much we can do. No, that is not the truth. Because you see, even those big mega churches started somewhere. They started with something. My aspirations are not to have 30,000 in attendance. I really could care less, to be honest with you, as long as we're reaching people for the kingdom of God. That's all I care about. I don't care if we got escalators going up to several, several different floors of the auditorium. I don't care about any of that. I'm not trying to further my own financial situation in any way. My goal is to, is to reach people for the kingdom of God. And, and in the process of doing that, help train others and get other people in that can train others. So that more and more people... Listen, it's not just about reaching souls. It's, it's about teaching others to reach souls too. You've got to enable the saints. You've got to train them and, and bring them in to the point where they're confident in it. I'm not saying I'm capable of doing that, but I know there's some that are. I'm not a teacher. I know I'm not. I've tried to teach, and man, it's a struggle. You see, when God calls you to something, when God puts it in your heart, He also gives you the abilities to do it. Isaiah 40 and 29 says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength. Strength. So you see, it doesn't matter how small you are, how much how little your strength is, He'll give you what you need. If you've got a little, He'll increase it when you're faithful with it. You know, the fact that we're small helps to keep us humble. I see some people that they, they get these all this big, nice, fancy stuff going on, and before you know it, they've lost sight of their purpose. Oh yeah, they, they take good care of everybody that's there. They tend to theirs like they should, but before long, it's, it's that little closed-in area 
that they're tending to because everything is so big and so nice and so fancy. Oh, man, those people are kind of dirty. They don't ever they don't ever bathe. They don't, you know, I don't, I don't really want to be around. My kids might get lice from them or something. Y'all ever think like that or you hear people think like that? It's real easy to get in that mode. It's real easy to see people that are in a tough situation and, and think less of them. I'm not saying I'll love you do that, but I'll be the first to admit I've done it before. And I'm nothing. But it's real easy to get in a place where you think for some reason that you deserve something and that you're better than they are. When in all actuality, you're just a little bit further along than they are. You're still a sinner saved by grace. God just may not have chose to bless them like He's blessed you up to this point. But I guarantee you, you don't stay humble and you'll find out what it's all about. So you see, staying small sometimes can be a good thing. It can be because God knows at this point He can't trust you with that. That shut door is something we really need to be aware of, and I'm about to close. You know, I've seen people before, and you know, you never really know for sure if this is true or not. But you see people that that at one time in their life claim to be called to preach or or something like that, and then for some reason they kind of backslide or they... Decide that's not really what I want to do. Whether God wants me to or not. And you see, they, they kind of get away from God and they start to do their own thing. And before you know it, you start seeing all these things come upon them. And you know what? You always hear speculation about whether that's because they weren't fulfilling their calling or not. I don't know. I'm not one to believe in uh, superstitions or anything. But I do know this much. Like I said a while ago, when, when you don't take advantage of that open door and you're not willing to do what it is God called you to do and put you in what He put you in the place to do, you know, that door, when it's shut, sometimes you'll say, I should have went through that door. I should have taken that opportunity and God won't always reopen it. God won't always give you another chance. And sometimes that that door that you just watched close was the key to your life being fulfilled. You know, when I was young and I uh, began to kind of get an inkling of what it meant to be called to preach after I had already acknowledged the call to preach on my life, notice I said acknowledge, not surrendered. When I begin to get an inkling of it and, and understand what, I, what it was going to be, it scared me. I, I didn't want any part of it, to be honest with you. And I fought with God for quite a while. And I went my own way. 
But do you know that I've never felt more fulfilled than when I submitted to God and said, God, I don't care what it takes. Whatever you want me to do, I'll make a fool out of myself for you. I don't care. You know, that's when I felt complete inside, is when I, when I began to allow Him to do with, what, with me whatever He wanted to do. That's when I felt the best. You see, walking through that door was what God had designed me to do. That, that particular door was for me. He, he had built me in a certain way that the only way I'd be fulfilled was to fulfill that calling that He had on me. So you may be wondering, how can I do whatever it is you might feel like God's called you to do? You might say, I don't, I don't have that great of ability. I'll just use an example. Maybe, maybe you play a little guitar or something. I'm just making this up. <clears throat> maybe you play a little guitar and you say, well, I don't really play all that good. But you kind of feel like maybe God has called you to, to be up there playing the guitar. I promise you, it don't matter how, how little it is. It don't matter what, how inadequate you feel. Because the last thing I am is a public speaker. The last thing I am is, is, is a scholar of the Bible. I never went to school for this. But you see, my inadequacy is made up for with what God anoints me to do. And when God anoints you to do something, the anointing comes upon you. Y'all listen to me for a minute. When the anointing comes upon you, it makes up for whatever you lack. God takes that availability that you show Him and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I don't have much to give you. What I have, I give it to you. He'll take it and He'll multiply that. It'll begin to grow. It may not happen instantaneously, but I guarantee you when the anointing comes upon you, you'll say, man, I didn't know I could do that. I, didn't, I don't even know where that came from. It wasn't me that did it. All of a sudden, that, that little bit you had becomes a lot. You now have something to offer people and it's not because of you, it's because God is using you. Understand that He chose to work through us. He chose to use us to reach people. That ought to be humbling. That ought to make you uh, kind of want to scream and shout a little every now and then. To know that God could have done it however, but He chose to use our little bit. 